Good morning. My name is Trevor. Um, I live in Belleville, so I drove, what, an hour, 15 minutes or so this morning to get here. Um, it's good to be here this morning. I hope you're doing well. Um, we're going to be uh, reading from John 17, so you can turn to that in your Bibles or on your phones or whatever. Um, but before we get into that, I want to pray, all right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we love you, we worship you, we adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Lord, now as we're about to open your word, would you glorify your name? Would you enable us to deeply engage with you during this time? Would you enable us to lay aside distractions and to focus our attention, our minds, and our hearts on you. Lord, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you, as was said, for the hope that we have in you, the living hope that is ours in Christ because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Holy Spirit, would you please come and fill me, empower me, so that it's not just me speaking, but actually it's the living God himself speaking words of life into the hearts of everyone who hears. Lord, have your way this morning. Glorify your name. May your purposes be fulfilled. And may our lives be changed and transformed and touched even this morning during this time with you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to get to the scripture reading in just a minute. I often tend to describe things first and then we get to the scripture where, um, where it's directly most applicable. A while ago, uh, I was listening through the Gospel of John on my phone as I drove in the car. It was a long drive, several hours long. Um, and during that time, I listened to the Gospel of John. And it was really cool. It was the best drive I'd had in a very long time. And so I want to share with you, try to share with you, what I discovered while listening. Okay? So as I listened to the Gospel of John, um, one of the things that stood out the most clearly was the strong, close relationship of unity and love that Jesus has with his Heavenly Father. Here are a couple of examples, and there's a lot more, but here's just a few. Um, five, all right? John 4, verse 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. John 5, verse 19 to 20, Very truly I tell you, the Son, Jesus, can do nothing by himself. He could do only what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Jesus clearly ties himself tightly to the Father. John 6, verse 38. I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. John 10, verse 30. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. In John 14, verses 8 to 9, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
So these are just a few of the statements in John's gospel focusing on the close relationship between the Father and the Son. In case it helps, if you do a word search in, on your Bible program or something, for the word Father, it shows up 901 times in the Bible. And 100 of those verses are in the Gospel of John. That's pretty impressive, right? I'm, I'm not making this up. It's right there, right? Okay, so actually, if you do the math, and I'm not good at math, but if I did my math correct, the word Father shows up once in every eight verses in the Gospel of John. Okay, cool. So the connection between the Father and the Son is a central emphasis in the Gospel of John. Okay? Now, before we get into the text, we're going to get there in just a minute. It's like right here on my paper, all right? Um, I first want to zoom out because John starts his gospel with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay. And now, that was John 1, verse 1. Now we're going to zoom in to John 17, verse 5, just before the passage we're going to read this morning, okay? John 17, verse 5, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus is praying, and he says, Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began, you know, in the beginning when everything was made through him. Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And then, as I'm listening to the Gospel of John, I came across John 17, verse 22, and it floored me. So I'm going to read it in context. So we'll read verses 20 to 26, but we're going to focus exclusively on verse 22 today because we don't have time for everything. All right? So. Let's read John 20, verses 22 to 26. Jesus has just finished praying for the disciples, for the 12. And then he says, My prayer is not for them, for the 12, alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And then here's the verse that floored me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, Because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the word of God. Jesus said, I have given them, to regular believers, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Jesus has given to us the glory that God, that the Father gave to him before anything ever was created. 
before the world began. Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) I'd read the Gospel of John several times before this, and it never really stuck out like this. Jesus has given us the glory that the Father gave him before Genesis 1. Okay, glory, glory. What is glory? The glory of God is one of the central themes in all of Scripture. You could say it's the central theme. I think that wouldn't be wrong. Okay, God's whole purpose as he works in the world throughout history is to glorify his name. This morning, I'm simply helping us to understand more fully, I hope, what Jesus is praying about here when he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Here's a definition of glory, all right? A state characterized by honor, power, and remarkable appearance. Splendor. Here's a couple passages that really draw this out, really lay it out clearly. Isaiah 6, verse 3. Isaiah sees the Lord seated on his throne, high and exalted. The train of the Lord's robe fills the temple, right? And there's angels flying, they're covering their face, they're covering their feet, and they're crying out, what are they saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Right, okay, whoa. (laughs) Right, okay, good. Uh, Ezekiel 34, verse 29. This one doesn't directly um, say the word glory, but it describes it. Check this out. Moses was not aware that his face was radiant Because he had spoken with the Lord. Remember Moses spoke with the Lord face to face as with a friend? By being so closely connected to the Lord, speaking to him, the Lord's glory somehow absorbed into Moses' face and reflected out from there. Or Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So before the foundation of the world, before God ever said, let there be light, before the foundation of the world, the Father gave this glory to the Son. And that's not surprising, since God is the Trinity, right? Three persons in one God, one God in three persons. How does it work? It's over our head, and don't be surprised by that because we're talking about the essence and the being of God himself, right? It's over our head. But somehow, God is three persons and one God at the same time, and in the life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are each continually loving, submitting to, and honoring the other persons of the Trinity. So each person of the Trinity is continually receiving love and giving love. Receiving honor, giving honor. Receiving glory and giving glory to the others continually before creation ever even happened. The glory of God is made manifest, first of all, in the Trinity, in the very life of God himself. Can you see why Jesus is continually talking about his connection with the Father? Yeah. Okay, and now, in John 17... Jesus says, I have given them to regular people who need me. Oh, they need me, (laughs) as we sang. I've given to regular people the glory that you gave me. 
before an atom was ever created, either an atom or an atom. <laughs> Interesting, never thought of that. God, Jesus gave us that glory that the Father had showered on him from before time. Now, does that sound a little bit odd? Just raise your hand if you think, yeah, a little bit, like that, that's weird. Yeah, a little bit, right? Okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this, this passage hadn't come to mind, but th- during the congregational prayer, um, someone said, you've set, um, well, I better, I, I, she quoted Psalm 8. I'm like, of course, it's right there too. You've made mankind a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. So Jesus isn't inventing something new necessarily, I don't think. I don't think so at all. Okay. But there's more. We actually see this in more parts of Scripture, not just Psalm 8. In fact, several more places. 1 Peter chapter 1. Here's what this says. We're going to get to it in a minute. I, I love the whole passage, so I'm going to read the whole passage. Um, verses 3 to 7. Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, which is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, in this, the hope of the gospel, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These, these trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, so that your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. It may result in praise, glory, and honor. Will Jesus receive praise, glory, and honor when he returns? Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. No one disputes that. But Peter isn't talking about praise, glory, and honor for Jesus. Here, he's talking about praise, glory, and honor from Jesus. If I had more time, I could show you all the commentaries point this out. And these people who are smarter than me at this, right? So I just take their word for it, and I look at it, and yep, it's true. I I see it. Okay. Peter is saying that your faith and my faith will result in praise, glory, and honor from Jesus when he returns. In other words, as he says in Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. Okay. There's more we could look at, but this is enough for now. So Jesus has given us the glory that the Father gave him from before the foundation of the world. He says, I have given my glory to them. How? Where? Well, everything comes down to the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And often when we hear the word righteousness, 
In this way, we think of being justified for the big, if you like big words, right? Forgiven for all of our sins. Our, our sins are washed away. There is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Awesome. Okay, yes, this is true. But in the atonement of Jesus, he justified us and also glorified us. Check this out. Romans 8, verse 30. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those who justified, he also glorified. Okay. So at the cross, Jesus justified us, certainly. Yes. And also glorified us. Gave us his glory. The same glory that the Father had given him from before the foundation of the world. So Jesus is saying, I have given them the glory that you gave me. In other words, at the cross, I endured their hell, and I gave them my glory, my righteousness, my perfection, my majesty, so that they might actually become the righteousness of God. So he received what we deserved, which we understand, we've heard that a lot, and we received what he deserved. Each one of these passages deserves its own sermon, but here's one more. I'm just going to read the passage and leave it there. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Paul says this. He's talked about the Israelites, um, about how without the gospel you can't understand the glory of God and the glory of, of what Jesus has done and about how like, they still cover their faces with veils because they're hiding from the Lord. Okay, fine. Verse 18, he gets to this. And we all, believers in Jesus, we all who with unveiled faces we contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image of God with ever-increasing glory. So, everything up to this point, I think, comes down to this. From before the foundation of the world, the Father gave his glory to the Son. And then at the cross, the Son gave that same glory to us. Makes sense so far, right? So what does that mean in our lives? It certainly includes so much more, but at least this. In Matthew 3, verses 16 to 17, it's, John's, it's, it's Jesus' baptism by John in the Jordan River. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, And he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and landing on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Remember that close relationship that the Father and the Son have? There it is. Jesus has given us the glory that the Father gave him from before the foundation of the world. So how the Father looks at the Son is how he looks at you and me. What's our response? 
we could reject it the way we're kind of trained to from even little kids when we accept a big gift. Oh, I couldn't possibly accept that. It's too much. (laughs) But let's step back for a moment. Let's get real honest, okay? Recognize that this response, oh, I couldn't accept that, couldn't possibly accept that, that's not a response of humility, okay? It's one of false humility. When we say this, we are really saying, in order to receive a gift, I have to earn it first. I need to contribute something in order to salvage my pride. That's what it comes to. All right? Instead, I want to suggest that we respond this way, that I'm I'm about to describe it, when we hear that Jesus has given us his glory. I want to suggest two steps. Okay, the first one's really straightforward. The second one will take a little bit more digging. Okay? First... (laughs) Simply receive it. What's the best picture of faith? Open hands, right? Receive. Jesus opened the Sermon on the Mount by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. They've got nothing to give. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Receive it. This is true humility. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to your cross I cling. That's the statement of faith. (laughs) I need you. Oh, I need you. Yep, that's it. Yep. So receive the love of God. Receive the glory that Jesus has given to you because of the cross. Receive it gratefully, speechlessly. Receive his love, his glory, his affection. Revel in it. Delight in it. Rest in it. Um, One uh, uh, pastor, his name is... I think it's Judson Cornwall. I think it's Judson Cornwall, but I I could be wrong. He said, worship is the expression of a heart at rest in God. You don't have to work yourself up for worship. You have to rest in the arms of your father, and then you can't help but worship. But anyway, revel in it, delight in it, rest in the glory that Jesus has given you and me. Yeah. Okay, that's the first thing. Just receive it. All right, empty hands. Second, and this one we're going to have to dig a little bit, but I promise we'll get there, all right? Men and women, we hoard glory. We're greedy for it. We fight for our crowns, our accomplishments, our kudos, and we fight for them. We hold tightly to them. In fact, I wonder if you could summarize the history of humanity with, in a book with this title, The Fight for Glory might be a decent title. But when the Bible describes someone in the presence of God, what do they do with their glory? They lay it down. Job says, God answer me, and God answers him, and he goes, right? Puts his hand over his mouth. Okay. Philippians 2 tells us that one day every being in the universe will bow its knee and say, I'm not Lord, you're Lord Jesus. Okay. Okay. But when I was first praying through this, I kept on saying, okay, yeah, but God, all glory is yours. It's yours. How could you give it to me? I don't get it. 
It doesn't sound right that God would give his glory to me, right? Raise, raise your hand if you're kind of thinking, yeah, I'm kind of sitting in that same spot myself. I see a few hands. Okay. I'm not God. I don't become God. No nonsense like that. I'm not doing any weird new agey thing where, no, 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 no. But it's right there in Scripture. Jesus said it. You know, from the lips of Jesus, no less. I have given them the, lo- the glory that you gave me. So I had to wrestle with it. <laughs> and then the Lord brought this scripture to mind, and it all made sense. Okay, so I hope it's helpful for you. It was for me. In Revelation 4, verses 8 through 11, it's describing the throne room of God and the worship before the throne and everything like that, right? There are 24 elders who all have crowns. Do you want to know what they do? You want to know what to do when we receive glory from Jesus? Listen to this. This is cool. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever... The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who sits forever, who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. And they say, you are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. So what do we do as people to whom Jesus has given his glory? One, receive it. Receive it. No exceptions. Receive it. And then two, praise it back to him. I get it. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Jesus has given us his glory. He says so. Yes, so that we can be one as he is one with the Father. As I said, there's a lot more to say in this passage. All right? But I think one of the primary reasons why he gave us his glory is so that just like those 24 elders who lay down their crowns and say, You are worthy, he gave us his glory so that we would, just like them, praise it back to him. We praise our glory back to God. We lay our crowns before the Lord. Okay, now it makes sense. The theologian in me is, is happy again. <laughs> but then, <laughs> this was the coolest part. Because he wasn't done yet, God brought to mind one last thing as I drove in the car that afternoon. As I said before, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are eternally loving and honoring and glorifying, adoring, delighting in one another. Receiving love and giving love. Receiving honor and giving honor. Receiving glory and giving glory. Perfect unity, perfect love forever. And when you and I receive glory from God and praise it back to him, we are participating in the very life of the Trinity. We are imitating the very life of God himself by freely and joyfully and delightedly receiving the glory he's given to us by grace alone at the cross, 
and then joyfully, freely, delightedly praising it back to him and saying, but Lord, you are worthy of all glory. So yes, thank you for everything you've showered upon me at the cross, including your glory even. How does that work? But (laughs) it's all you, God. It's all you. This, at this point, I'm, I'm done speaking. Um, further words don't work. So I just want to read God's words from Psalm 96, and then we'll pray. All right? Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering And come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, what do we say? (laughs) Um, Thank you. Yes, Lord, we receive all the blessings that you've given to us at the cross. Paul said that you've given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. So Lord, with empty hands and open hearts, yeah, we receive them. Your glory, your grace is far beyond what our minds can comprehend. But Lord, it's right here in Scripture. And so, Lord, we believe it, we receive it, and Lord, we adore you, we worship you. Would you use our lives for your glory? Would you transform us continually from the inside out, from glory into glory? Would you let us be imitators of you as dearly loved children? Enable us by your spirit to live lives of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a holy sacrifice to God. Lord, may our lives be lives characterized by worship, by absolute love for you above all, and by wonderful self-giving love to those around us. Lord, glorify your name in all the earth and glorify your name in us and through us, we pray. We love you, Lord. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.